Hey, what's up? Hey, friend, thanks for coming over tonight. It's a great night for a campfire. The fireflies are out in force this summer. They're so surreal, like God's little flying organic LEDs. Yeah, that's the bullfrogs down at the creek. They're out in force tonight after the nice summer shower we had today. I'm telling you, my friend, it's going to be a good one. Hey, you're listening to Quad.Rocks, God, the world, and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Just a couple of thoughts about icons found here in Revelation chapter 13, verses 14 and 15. It reads, it deceives those who live on the earth. That's speaking about the false prophet, the second beast. It deceives those who live on the earth because of the signs that it is permitted to perform in the presence of the beast telling those who live on the earth to make an image of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. It was permitted to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast could both speak and cause whoever would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. It's fascinating that the word here, image, is icon. It's our word that we transliterate and use from the Greek language. But Satan is going to use an icon to mesmerize the people, and to bring the people together as one. But man is fascinated with image. In the modern world, the modern world was word-based. The postmodern culture, which is where we live now, is image-driven. Modern theologians tried to create an intellectual faith, placing reason and order at the heart of religion. Mystery and metaphor were seen as too fuzzy, too mystical, too illogical. But my friend, we know the church has now entered the postmodern world in a major way, where metaphor is at the heart of spirituality. Propositions are lost on postmodern ears, but metaphor they will hear, images they will see and understand. These come as close as human beings will get to a universal language. Though we denounce the proliferation of the use of images, images are important. Images establish relationships. Images generate emotions and people will respond to their feelings. But what about the use of images in this idolatry that the false prophet brings to bear? The power of the idolatry is in its appeal to our physical senses. The icon of idolatry that the false prophet uses will be used as an identifier. The icon will be made in the image of a man. It will be made in the image of the Antichrist. The false prophet will induce the people to bow down to the image of this false god made in man's image. The icon of idolatry here will be a unifier, not only an identifier of that of the Antichrist, but it will also be a unifier. The icon will be fashioned by the people, and it talks about across the globe, that those who dwell on the earth will work together as one on this. This phenomenal act will demand total submission of the people, refusal, To submit will be met with death, either commanded by the statue or the false prophet or both. Not only will the icon be an identifier, a unifier, it will be a deceiver. It will help the people transition from feeling to faith. The false prophet will not only be the ultimate David Copperfield, he will also be the ultimate Walt Disney. The icon will be animated by the false prophet. It says he will give breath, the pneuma, to the icon, the breath of life. It means life, soul, that which gives life to a body, to the body. It should be thought of in conjunction with the speaking action of the statue. 
But what about the animation? According to scripture, there is the possibility for an animate object to become inanimate and then become animate again. We see that in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead. We see it in Luke chapter 7 of the widower's son, her only son, being brought back from the dead right in the middle of the funeral procession. We see it in the life of Lazarus and the resurrection from the dead. We see it in the life of Tabitha where she's resurrected from the dead. But mark this down, my friend, as a general rule of God's creation, inanimate objects never become animate. If they start out inanimate, that means not endowed with life, they stay inanimate. I say as a general rule because Jesus himself testified that in Luke chapter 19, verse 40, he said, if these people remain silent, the stones, the very rocks will cry out. But my friend, it should be a good indication to you of the presence of evil if inanimate objects come to life. So the false prophet is equipped by the power of Satan to bring the human creation to life. He is aided by the unseen demonic world to do the seemingly impossible task of giving life, and I have life in quotation marks, to a man-made inanimate object. Dear friend, the church, not Hollywood, nor the false prophet, ought to be the world's greatest image factory, the greatest image in the world, the image that draws people into real life-giving relationship is the image of God in Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, that Jesus Christ is the exact representation of God. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.